me. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you for loving us that much. That there's no mountain you wouldn't climb up, no wall you wouldn't break down. Lord, bless us today. Speak your truth to us that we might grow as an open-armed family of God. Amen. I think Linda will remember this. It was a few years ago we were visiting in Minnesota. It wasn't this time of the year. We were at her sister's church. It's actually the church that her brother-in-law, Dean, grew up in. It's a little country church outside of Lesur, Minnesota. You know Lesur is the home of the Jolly Green Giant. And the church, about 70 people was all that were there. And I'll never forget when the time came for the offering. Now you're not going to think this sounds very unusual. Four men got up to collect the offering. But what struck me is they were four brothers. They were Dean and his brother. And as I sat there that day, I thought, what a testimony to the faith of Dean's mom and dad. That they had raised these men to Christian manhood. That they had taught them the Word of God, that they talked about faith at home, they talked about, they brought them to church. And that Dean's mom and dad had, had passed on a most precious inheritance to their boys. And I want to talk about that today because, folks, that's what it means to equip the next generation. You pass on a legacy of faith. Now, folks, every child gets a legacy of some kind from his or her mom or dad. And every parent leaves a legacy. The question is, what legacy will you leave for your children? You see, a legacy is an inheritance passed on from one generation to the next. Now that inheritance, it can be something tangible, right? It can, it can be a, an estate, money in a bank account that you leave to them, an insurance policy. Or it could be something like what our grandson John Wayne has in his bedroom. See, in Jason's family, that's Bethany's husband, every firstborn male gets the antique dresser that the last firstborn male got, their dad. And it gets passed on from one generation to another in the family, a legacy. Now, most of the legacy we leave our kids is not tangible. You know, I think I probably have my dad's work ethic was passed on to me. And Linda, I know where she got her natural ability to cook. She didn't have to measure things. She just knows what goes on. Because I, I watched her mom. Her mom passed that on. And 
if you were in our house, you would know that Linda has passed it on to her kids, our kids, boys and girls, and on to some of the grandkids. Now, not all the things we leave as a legacy are so good. I come by my ability to worry over things, honestly, if you knew my mother. And I've passed it on to at least a couple of our, grand, of our kids. You know, if you do family tree and do a family study, you can trace alcoholism from one generation to the next through many generations. Abuse is a legacy that gets passed on. 90% of abusive men grew up in abusive homes. And I don't know how often I've seen it where a woman who grew up in an abusive home or was abused will grow up and marry an abusive man. So there are legacies that aren't so good, right? And, and, And that's why the question is important. I mean, think, think about this. I, I don't know if you ever saw this. It's a, a, a poem. Children learn what they live. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with jealousy, he learns to be, feel guilty. If a child lives with impropriety, he learns to feel shame, and and on it goes. There's more to the poem than that. Now, not everything good or bad comes from you and I as parents and grandparents. There are other influences in their lives, and they are their own individuals, and they become who they are, and they are sinners. Of course, they get that from us. In good and bad ways, we parents and grandparents are the most important influence on the lives of our kids. You know, I remember when Bethany was getting married and she asked me about premarital counseling and I said, I can't do the premarital counseling. And she said, why not? I said, because I'm one of the problems you have to talk about. See, this question is important. What legacy will you leave your children and your grandchildren? Because you and I as Christian parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, members of this open-armed family of God, have a most valuable treasure to pass on. Jesus calls it the pearl of great price. He calls it a treasure hidden in a field which a man found. He went and sold everything he had and bought that field. He's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our most important responsibility as parents and as a church is to bring our children to Jesus. I mean, that's, that's what today's gospel reading is all about. I love this reading from Luke chapter 18, now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. See that phrase, to such 
belongs, the children of God. You know what that means? This is a great promise for you parents. That means Jesus came to be the Savior of your children, of your grandchildren. Right? When He went to the cross, He was dying for their sins. When He rose again, it was that they might have life with Him. He wants those parents to bring them to Him. He loves them. I love how Mark, the, what Mark's gospel adds to this story because he has one little phrase here. He says, Jesus took the children up in His arms and blessed them. Can't you just see Jesus taking your kids up in His arms and blessing them? That's what He wants to do. With your kids and mine, with your grandchildren and mine. That's what, that is, to me, that is so comforting because that's what makes it possible to let them grow up. That's what makes it possible when they're 16 to take the car keys and say, here, take the car. As scary as that is the first time. Or to send them off to college on their own. Or off to some far-flung part of the world like China or Indonesia or Germany. Now, I know some of you parents aren't there yet, but I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get there. And one of the things that gives peace of mind and comfort is knowing that God loves them even more than you do. In fact, one of the greatest pieces of comfort is knowing that they know that He loves them. So folks, how do we do that as a parent? How do we do that as a congregation? How do you pass on a legacy of faith? Well, I think Moses, in today's Old Testament reading, answers the question, let God's per word permeate your life and theirs. And I would add, let prayer <laughs> permeate your life for them as well. Listen, listen to these words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Parents and grandparents, this means that you are the front line in equipping the next generation. We in the church can help, but we cannot take your place. It's great that you bring your kids to Sunday school. It's great that you think confirmation is important, that you sign them up for that. It's great that you sign them up for VBS. But you need to know this. The most important teachers of God's Word to your children is 
you and no one else. I can tell you, kids who get the most out of Sunday school, who get the most out of confirmation, who get the most out of VBS, are kids who come from homes where the faith is important at home. And their parents talk about it. Tell them, so you know what that means? Yeah, bring them to vacation Bible school, bring them to Sunday school. But man, oh man, dads and moms, let them see you go to Bible class. That it's not just for them, or that you teach Sunday school. And when you're home, let your kids and your grandkids see that you actually pick up a Bible and read it for yourself. Because your example is powerful in their lives. When we were in our vicarage congregation, one of the families that really impressed Linda and I were the Kirshners. And yes, their name in German means churchgoers. And the Kirshners, when you would be at their house for dinner, nobody got up from the table until Dad Kirshner pulled out the portals of prayer in the Bible and they read the portals of prayer and the assigned scripture and they prayed and they talked about it. And sometimes the dad would read the scripture and say, okay, where is that in the Bible? And the kids would figure it out. They did life together in Jesus. I love a story I heard from one father. He told me, he said, I, I'm, I was going on a walk with my daughter, little girl, and one of our neighbors saw us and said, what are you doing? And my daughter answered, but she didn't say we're going for a walk. She said, we're going to talk about God. Because that's what she and her dad did when they went for walks. See, I think about what it says here in this text. Isn't that what Moses tells us to do? Talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down, when you rise, I know that's not easy. And this, this statistic startled me. That only 10% of church parents talk about the faith at home. Now why is that? I think for many it's because you don't know how. I had one man, one parent in Germany, said, Pastor, how do I... Talk to my kids about this. You're going to have to help me. Well, that's where, as a congregation, we come in. Because I believe one of the most important works we as a church can do to equip the next generation is to equip parents and grandparents to talk about Jesus at home. You've heard me say it before. We need to go from being a congregation that is church-centered and home-supported to being home-centered and church-supported. You know, one congregation used something called, it came out of uh, Nebraska, something called the Faith Legacy Series. And this was a, a series of classes that they would teach parents. It was usually only two or three sessions long. And 
they would take place at different stages in kids' lives. There was a class for parents of infants, another class for parents of toddlers, another class for parents of elementary school children, another class for parents of middle school, and then one for high school. And the one for high school, that we got, they got a couple doctors that came in, and, and parents and kids sat, and they talked about sexual issues from the perspective of faith. And they used this to teach parents how to go home and talk about baptism with their kids and how to talk about worship and how to talk about um, Holy Communion and, and whatever was appropriate at various stages of their lives. Now, I don't know if that is still out there, but I would challenge Fishers to come up with something like that where we can train and help Parents and grandparents. You see, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas are the most important teachers of the next generation. You know what? We do it with a promise. God has promised that His Word is able to make your children wise into salvation through faith in Jesus. He has promised you that when you teach His Word, faith comes from hearing that Word. He has promised that the Word you share with your kids will not return to Him empty, but will accomplish the purpose for which He gives it. That, folks, is the heart of our vision and our mission. To be an open-armed family of God, equipping the next generation in Christ, passing on the most important treasure, inheritance that you and I can pass on to our kids. That you and I would see our faith in Jesus becoming their faith in Jesus. Amen? Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.